Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Our Army at War number 170, cover date August 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Joe Cooper, edited by Robert Kaniger, featuring No One Comes Down Alive from Buzzard Bait Hill, written by Robert Kaniger, art by Joe Cooper. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new Sergeant Rock and Easy Company take refuge in a French farmhouse where they meet a kindly French woman and a crazy World War I veteran. The man still believes World War I is being fought and orders the men of Easy to take Hill 711, where his unit was killed years ago. When Easy tries to leave peacefully, the World War I lieutenant threatens to shoot them dead. Concerned? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Oh. Sunday. Now you uh, mock, but I really liked this story. I am okay. That was a nice intro, but yes. I loved this story. <gasps> I truly did. I also even liked it so much that I went back. I was like, "Who did the artwork on this?" This is Joe Cooper, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the perfect war artist. This this single issue might be enough to make me want to investigate war comics. Shut up. Seriously. Oh, wow. I mean, these kind of war comics where no one explicitly dies. Uh, I mean, you just, you don't see like, it's not like, what was that movie? Oh, God. Private Benjamin. No. What? Uh, Private Saving Private Ryan, where everyone's just getting their faces blown off. Yes. That was terrible. I don't like war comics like that. You don't like... I like that. I mean, it was a good movie, but yeah. I wouldn't want to read it in comic book form. Okay. Now, Private Benjamin, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, also, remember that cartoon, Laverne and Shirley in the Army? No. And they, 
What? No, 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 no. The cartoon? What? Cartoon. Yes. No, no. Saturday morning cartoon, Laverne and Shirley were in the army. They had a some kind of talking pig that wore a uniform that was No, there. they didn't. Yes, they did. You're talking about it like it was a recurring story, not, not some one-off on Hanna-Barbera. It was a two-season animated television program front door. at the same time as when Richie and Fonzie were traveling through time with that girl. In the listen, listen. Yes? I was absolutely glued to the television on Saturday mornings. Yes, I as was I. I have no memory of this whatsoever. And you and I share, even though you grew up in Ohio and I grew up in Florida, yes. we share a lot of the same Saturday morning television <clears throat> memories. Yes, I mean, you even saw Miss Switch, which was not a Saturday morning television. Correct. After school time. Can we get back to Laverne and Shirley in the Army? That didn't happen. It indeed did. And you don't remember Fonz traveling through time with the <laughs> spaceship girl? <laughs> no. What's the stupidest oh premise for a cartoon Fonz, ever? Richie, and Ralph, <laughs> and spaceship girl, and then some kind of alien dog with antennas that went around with them. Please tell me it was Hanna-Barbera. Uh... I probably, I don't know. Oh, God, that's the worst. It's either Hanna Barbera or Filmation. Oh, it's just. Oh How about God. Gilligan's Planet? Do you remember that? Mm. Now you're making things up. No, I'm not. You are. I swear to God. Gilligan's Planet. Gilligan's Planet. I would consume just about any sort of cartoon as a child, but honestly, Gilligan's Planet. Well, I think my age is showing. This may be this little before your time. Well, you are just under five years older than I am. Yes, let's just say four and a half. It really to be is fair. Boring. Yeah, okay. And so um so it is possible yes. that there is a window of time when you were watching a little bit more cartoon television on Saturday mornings than I was. How and about live been... action? How about um Lost Saucer with Jim Neighbors and Ruth oh, Buzzy? Hell, hell yeah, I know that. And uh, I even know the the theme song to that. You do? Well just the just the little looping part at the very end, that's all. Oh. You know? Um Where are you going on the Lost Saucer? Da, da 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 the lost saucer. I, you know, whatever. Don't 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 quote. And the me. far out space nuts with. Uh, yes, and the you know banana splits and all those sort of things. You know, just everything. Yeah, of course. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're not gonna throw me on those. But you know and what I am gonna do? The buggy, the doom buggy, the talk. Speed yeah. buggy. Yes, and and also the all the live action. Um, uh, Sigmund and the sea monster. Yes, yes. And yes. the bugaloos and all that shit. Crap. Poop. Crap. Uh, I'm going to hook you up, though, with some video clips of Laverne and Shirley in the Army. and I would gladly watch that. The Happy Days gang traveling through time. Oh, yes. What was the third one? Gilligan's Planet. <laughs> Gilligan's Planet. I'm not I even wish, kidding. You know how they do those wonderful remakes of the classic Super Friends cartoons with their... Um, even the ones we've seen where, where like they make the gopher moat and um, oh the wonder twin shorts wonder yes twin shorts. everyone should look up the wonder twin shorts on youtube they are starting the, with gopher moat those are the best i wish they had made more of those i love them so much won't you marry him if you love them <laughs> so much hey uh dc's battle blockbuster is back our army at war number mm-hmm. 170 featuring sergeant rock sgt rock uh covered by joe kubert beautiful cover Sergeant Rock is commanded by a madman. Madman. In No One Comes Down Alive from Buzzard Bait Hill. Yep. I, did you notice something interesting about this issue? Um, go ahead. Um, I'll need to see if I can. Well, the splash page is actually part of the story. It's not just like a scene from the <sighs> issue that's coming up. 
Oh yes, it is unusual, isn't it? It's we begin it's often done in by two media people. race, yes, as they say in Latinia. <laughs> Sergeant Rock of Easy Company is walking down a foreign alleyway, mm. presumably in France, because that's where the rest of the story takes place. And he sees the shadow of a kraut tank around the corner, waiting to blast Easy Coat of bits. One would assume this is a French, this is yeah, uh, German-occupied France. Yes. yes. <clears throat> this is Sergeant Ragavizi, his floating head says on the splash page. Think a war is over when the shooting stops? Join us for the answer in... No one comes down alive from... Buzzard Bait Hill. I wonder if that's a direct translation from the French. What would uh, they call it in the French language, I wonder? Uh, Buzzard The hill of the bait of buzzards. I can't do it. The structure would, would be the hill of the bait of buzzards. Yes. Yes. So Sergeant Rock knows that the tank would let him go by without shooting him because they want to draw the rest of Easy Company out of the shadows. Right. But he needs to get close to the tank. Right. So Sergeant Rock pretends he doesn't see the tank. He's just going along going... Now, uh, we uh, have a long-standing complaint about Sergeant Rock's use of metaphor. <laughs> Written by Robert Kaniger. You know, uh, he doesn't actually use a lot of those metaphors. Not a lot, time. but we start off with this. Now I know what a lion tamer feels like when he puts his head in the lion's mouth at chow time. Mm-hmm. Is that really a metaphor? Am I using the wrong word? It's a simile. Um, but... I have a degree in English, everyone. But I think it's, um, he will always say, blah, 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 like a blank. Yeah. Like a da, 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 da. You know, um, and he doesn't, this isn't structured quite the same, which is why it didn't even bother me. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Maybe we're just evolving to accept more. Well, if if one were to listen to me in this podcast, from Uh from the inception of this podcast, one would find that I far more likely to say these days, I like this, or I appreciate this, or such. The form itself and the time is growing on me, um, the art and such. Well, yeah, so, yeah. So, so maybe it is growing on us. Sergeant Rock takes a dive to the street to try to ambush this tank, but they see him and they fire on him, which alerts Easy Company to the tank's presence. Yes. Now, <clears throat> the gunman that had his head popped out of the tank somehow gets wedged in the because uh, he gets hatch. shot he's the first to die in this episode well it never says that he gets shot yes it does it doesn't it just says he's wedged in the hatch i thought maybe he just passed out or something lucky for me the firing of the tank's guns shook that guy's sights off me he's wedged in that hatch keeping it open he's clearly dead he's not just taking a break he's not having a smoke no, I think maybe he just passed out <laughs> from fear. Okay. Uh, so Sergeant Rock climbs up the tank. He's going to art of deception. Get into the. Speaking of Super Friends, do you know no one was allowed to die on Super Friends? Mm-hmm. And in fact, the first season, Superman was not even allowed to be shown punching anyone. What did he do? Talked him down. Just the first season of oh television of Super Friends. Yeah, he just would be nice people and talk him out of being evil 
God, things have come a long way. I'll say. We just finished the first season of Invincible. Oh, oh. talk about bloody. Good. So it was good though. Oh yeah, <laughs> highly recommended. Yeah. So Sergeant Rock gets up there. He climbs inside the tank. Uh, and just starts punching. It's a punch fest. Now, luckily, we learn that Sergeant Rock grew up on the streets of New York City, and he's used to being in tight, cramped places like the subway. This is just like it is for him going to the to work on the subway yes. during the shower. Uh, Only no one dies at the end. For me, Sergeant Rock thinks, there's more room in this tank than Times Square during a <laughs> blizzard. <laughs> I have no desire... To go to Times Square, for instance, at New Year's Eve. Never. I could not think of any worse hell except maybe riding the subway home from Times Square with a on bunch New of Year's Eve. People. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I do not like Fourth of July party celebrations. Oh, no. You know, and I would, not because we're not patriotic. It's because oh, no, of the no, fireworks. No, no, no. And, and I, I have been very, very fortunate to be a guest soloist for several years at the Maryland Symphony Orchestra's big, you know, uh, celebration, 4th of July celebration, yep. celebrate Antietam yep. as, a, as a soloist. And I've said, I've already said that, sorry. But anyway, and what, there's like 25,000 people there, you know? At least. And, you know, after I'm done singing, I like to hightail it out there. You know, I, I watch the, the fireworks, and as soon as I can, I get to my car. I don't like crowds that big. No. I don't. Especially not these days. No. Fall no. of 2021. Yeah. Timestamp. So Sergeant Rock beats all the crowds in the tank. Easy Company comes upon the tank, pull him to safety, and they continue their hike. They are headed for a farmhouse about five miles out of town. Oh, I like that. Wait, wait. When Easy Company comes, I like that one of the guys says, You've been down there so long. They're talking to him because he's down in the tank. Yep. You've been down there so long, you look like you got the bend, Sarge. Um, the reference to a decompression tank or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cute. Uh, so they're hiking to a farmhouse. Actually, they're finding a farmhouse. When I first read this, I thought they had a like a safe house somewhere out in the country. No, they're just walking up to a farmhouse asking for room and board. Oh, because he says, how far do we have to go before we hit the sack rock? A farmhouse about five miles from here, bulldozer. Well, I don't know. The text is confusing. It is. Anyway, they get there and the lady wants nothing to do with them. And the print of her accent doesn't bother me. It don't, what? <laughs> I know, right? I know you're surprised to hear me say that. It, uh, the woman proprietress of the farmhouse, her dialogue is written in... Uh, Frenchies. Comic book French. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but this is not a good enough place for you to stay, mon sergeant. The, the other, other side, side of that, of that hill. hill. Yes. There is a town where your men can find good beds and food and jolie mademoiselles. Whores. Much. She's sending them to find whores. Whores. I have to tell you that reminds me of, um, I saw a video I, of... Um, a call, so colleagues of mine led a trip to France uh, from a university that I teach at. <laughs> and one of the colleagues was introducing uh, some choral pieces to a French audience. And this colleague may not have been aware of the fact that 
he was using French ease <laughs> to talk to the French audience. He was speaking in English, but using a French accent because somehow in his mind, he believed that if he made the the English sound French-like... Like a legit comic book French accent. I swear to God, I've seen the video footage what? of it. Yes. I need to I see that. I swear to God, because I heard about it and I laughed because somebody told me about it secondhand. You know, and of course, when somebody's telling it to you, you think it's an exaggeration. Right. And then I saw the video footage and I just drop. My mouth just fell out and I was like, he was talking about the Shenandoah River. And it's like, the Shenandoah River <laughs> is in West Virginia. You know, like that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not happening. That reminds me of a story when I didn't believe someone. And to my own chagrin, I was directing a local theatrical program in a southern state. And I was invited. I swear to God, I know of no idea where the story is going. I'm what? Well, I, I maybe I do. I'll find out here pretty soon. And I was invited to go on to a local. Uh, oh my God! I know where the story is going now. <laughs> I love this story so much. A local <laughs> cable access program called the Watchhound, oh. which did uh, <laughs> reviews of local theatrical productions. Well, I had never seen the show. So you were directing, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I head to the studio with a couple of students who were in the show. True. And before I left, someone, I believe it was you, mm -hmm. jokingly said to me, I see. Yeah. You know, the host is going to dress up like a dog because the show is called The Watch Hound. Right. And I said, No, this is a legit theater review program for the local community. No one's going to dress up like a dog. I think I might have said, wouldn't it be hilarious <laughs> if the host dressed up like a dog and you're, you're like, no, no, this is Rob. This is actually local television. This is not going to happen. I arrive at the studio. You could probably see where the story is going. Uh -huh. Sitting there on the dais with my two students, one male, one female, this old man who's hosting the show strips his clothes off. In front of everybody and puts on a dog costume. <laughs> I swear to God, it's the truth. Only it clearly at one time had been a cow costume <laughs> because of the pattern of white and black spots. He had taken the udder off of the front of the cow costume, sewn it up. Made it into sewn dog ears on. <laughs> he also put on a domino mask akin to Robin the Boy Wonder so that his identity would not be known. Over once the costume? He yes. Once he appeared on camera as the Watch Hound. And then sat down with his old lady girl assistant uh -huh. to ask us serious questions about the program that we were presenting for the enjoyment of the community. Yes. Listener, I was shocked. You were shocked. And it takes a lot to shock me. You were shocked. You truly were. You, I remember receiving a text from you uh -huh. after it was over. Yeah. You said, how did you know? And I said, what do you mean? And you said, this guy... And you, you explained this in a text. And, and I then said, just told that story verbatim. And I was like, I swear to God, I didn't know. I just thought 
what would be the funniest possible scenario to happen. And it literally happened. And I'll be damned. That's exactly what happened. Oh. Yeah. And Jacksonville's a huge television. Oh, market. I didn't name Jackson... the state yet. So, oh, I'm uh... so sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably could have guessed it was Florida. Yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. Um, anyway, Sergeant Rock's trying to calm this lady down and says, we won't be any bother to you. Yeah. These six strapping hungry men whom you now have to prepare a full meal for and now, provide beds. This is the only picture that I had a problem with. What, that she's just serving them and they're all just happily chowing down? No, they're sitting down, you know, chowing down, eating her food and drink, uh, yeah. drinking her wine in full gear. Like the guy's got oh, all the, right. you know, the, 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 the bullets, yep. rows of bullets uh-huh. on both sides. What do we call that? A Chewbacca belt? <laughs> I don't know. Well, but, but would oh. you really do that? Oh. Would you really do that? Well, I mean, I guess the concern would be if they suddenly got attacked by a squad of Nazis that they'd want to have their... Or if someone were to burst into the room with guns, they'd have their... Their um, their, their Chewbacca belts around their necks. They'd be prepared to fight back immediately, right? That's why you dine with your bullets <laughs> over your body. So that's... I mean, so we're going to accept that that's the premise. That's why you're dining with your bullets over your body. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it makes sense because they're sitting in front of a giant picture window that right. the drapes are wide open. Yeah, so you never know if someone's going to just right. sneak up on you with a gun and someone, you want to have your weapons with you. Right, because someone sneaking up would come in the door, not blast through the picture window. Exactly. So we understand that it's fine for them to have those bullets draped yeah, over yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, perfectly fine. Okay, so turn the page. Turn the page and, in fact, someone does burst into the door. <laughs> An old man dressed in a World War One infantryman costume. Yes. Um, tells them all to freeze. Clasp your hands behind your head and don't move. So I guess they don't have their weapons with them. Just their bullets. Just their bullets. Well, maybe it takes a lot. You know, then they have to hook it through those epaulets on their shoulders and stuff. Maybe it's just a lot to... They don't want to disrobe until it's ready for... Time for bed. It's a lot to carry around when you're eating dinner. Well, is it, Rob? <laughs> Maybe that's how they stay fit and trim. Have you ever I... lifted one of those things? No. I think I might have. I mean, I, I never, of course, never shot one, but I think I might have in one of my many fun little adventures as a precocious child. I might have <laughs> lifted one of those up things. A when... Chewbacca belt? And uh, yeah. Of, I mean, tried it out. Just, just to feel how, what it was like. Yeah. So, uh, Sergeant Rock tries to talk this guy down. He's clearly out of his mind. Yeah. Tries to get the guy's gun, and the gun, and the guy opens fire on him. Shoots a plate right out of his hand. A Tommy gun. Oh, I guess he shoots a, a, a glass or a cup. He's got a cup in his hand. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, the man says, the next time you disobey my command, I will shoot to kill for disobeying orders under fire. Understand, Sergeant? Sarge understands. Yeah. I wonder if this old guy is British or American. Yeah, I wondered about that a lot. I kind of thought British based on the names of his people under his command that we learn later. Yeah. So the French woman comes over to calm this gentleman down. His name is Johnny. These men are on your side, Johnny. They are fighting for America and la belle France. Oh, maybe he is American. Oh, well, he also could... Sorry, I mispronounced. They are fighting for America and la belle France. Hmm. 
So this guy tells the soldiers to take a look out the window. Right. Outside the window is Hill 711, otherwise known as Buzzard Bait Hill. I couldn't take it the first time we tried, but this time we'll drive von Hinderberg's steel helmets off it, no matter what the cost. Right. Sergeant Rock rolls his eyes. This loon wants us to fight World War I all over again. Can you even wait for part two? Yes, let's go. Well, I'm what? sorry, we have what? to pause first because we're going to do Time Machine Mailbag. Oh, great. I'm looking forward to that. Time Machine Mailbag, where we read letters from the past and answer them today. Time Machine Mailbag, better late than never is what Mother used to say. Welcome to Time Machine Mailbag. Time Machine Mailbag! Dr. Husband and I answer letters from the past with advice from the future. I love this. Are you ready? I am so ready. Hit me. Dear Dr. Bob. Yep. I have been wearing glasses since I was three years old, and so I have a problem that every girl who wears glasses must have to face at one time or another. Most of my girlfriends think I look better without glasses. They say I should go without them when I go on dates. My mother insists that I wear them at all times because it's bad for my eyes to be without them. She says boys will ask me out whether I wear them or not. I don't know what to think. It's true, I can't see much at all without them. (laughs) But if being popular means going without them, then maybe I should do as my girlfriends say. How do you feel about that? Signed, Betts. Betts. I'm going to give you a piece of advice that my grandmother always gave me and every person in my family whenever their hair hung down into their eyes. She'd say, honey, get your hair out of your eyes. Your Your eyes eyes are are so important. important. Bets, your eyes are important. You cannot, uh, first of all, risk not wearing your glasses and causing further damage to your eyes, which have needed glasses since you were three years old, Bets. Jinkies. Second of all, I've got a picture, well, let's say as my mother would say, I've got a live picture of you on a date when you can't see anything, stumbling around the malt shop or wherever you are. (laughs) You think that's going to attract boys? No. Walking around with your hands out in front of you, bumping into things and people? Why don't you go after a boy that also wears glasses? Mm. That sounds like a match made in heaven. He's probably smart and will be richer than these bohunks on the football field. So bets... Uh, no, do not listen to your girlfriends. Also, as my mother would say, they're just jealous that you wear glasses and they don't. Kind advice from Dr. Bob. Well, I tell it like I see it. Are you ready? Yes. Dr. Husband, for as long as I can remember, I have grown up with pets around me. I love all kinds of animals, especially domestic ones, and I always feel at home in a strange place where there are pets. There seems to be something about the people in that place that I like, too. I never thought about this much until recently when I started going with a girl who doesn't like animals at all. This is very new to me. It just never occurred to me that there were people who didn't like animals. It's not so much she's afraid of them as that she doesn't want them around her. She finds them unclean and bothersome. This really is not much of a problem, I suppose, but since I've gotten pretty serious about my girl, I've begun to wonder if this difference in us is important enough to consider or not. What do you think? Signed, Peter. Well, Peter... I have some advice for you. Yep. Dump the girl. If you like animals, and animals are important to you, and you have a place in your heart for them, there are plenty of other women out there for you to meet. Plenty. Trust me. I'm on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's it's a fundamental thing about a person, and um, uh, to to like animals, and to be open to that, and to find a place for animals in your life. So if uh, your girl isn't into it, then find another girl. 
Maybe bets. How do you feel you about know? glasses, Peter? Well, I was going to say, because animals come and go, but that girl's going to stick to you forever. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one. Are you ready? I am. Um, are you going to read it? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Oh, wait. No. Oh. Is it my turn? Uh, it it's is my, my turn. turn. Well, it's your turn to give advice. I like the advice yeah, you okay. give. Okay. 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 Ready? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear Dr. Bob, yep. I'm having trouble with one of my girlfriends who insists on buying and wearing the same clothes I wear! Uh-oh. Exclamation point there. I think this is very silly. I'm beginning to feel like a twin. It's not that my friend isn't attractive. She is. But she thinks it's cute for us to look alike. Also, I think she thinks secretly that we'll be equally popular if we dress alike. Well, I for one don't agree. I want a personality all of my own. It's getting so I have to hide things so she won't run out and get the same. How can I break her of this habit? Signed, Marilyn. Marilyn, there are two possibilities here. Either your friend... No, sorry, there's one possibility. She's a psychopath. (laughs) And you don't need to be friends with her. Um, You also need to think about getting some kind of self-protection. So maybe take a jujitsu class. (laughs) Uh, Maybe carry... My friend Deb used to have a little thing on her keychain called a watch cat. (laughs) As opposed to a watch hound. It was a little thing you could wrap your knuckles in and it had Uh sharp, pointy cat ears. You need to cut a bitch. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's not cute for her to want to look like you. It's psychotic. <laughs> and you think it's very silly. It's not silly. It's psychotic. So good for the, luck, for Marilyn. For the protection of yourself, it's probably best for you to cut a bitch. Yes, Marilyn, yeah. maybe you should hook up with Peter. Uh, how do you feel about pets, Marilyn? Because Peter... Uh, can get some kind of a big German Shepherd or maybe a Wolfhound or something oh, to <laughs> help protect you. But I am very concerned about your friend wanting to be just like you. What's that movie? Single white female? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Uh, no, 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 no. Was it... Is that what it's called? Single white female? Yeah. With uh, what's-her-face, Jane Fonda's niece, and what's-his-face from Wings, and oh. somebody gets a... High heel in their eyeball. That's how oh they my died. God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Oh my gosh. What? No, I haven't. Oh, it's terrific. Is it? We'll watch it. Okay. Yeah. But it's the same thing. The roommate comes and wants to be just like the oh, yeah. girl. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. That's all for this time. But we'll be back with more Time Machine Mailbag Bye. real oh, cool. soon. Thank you. Now, let's get back to Sergeant Rock. Okay, All so right, part break. two, the explosive conclusion of Sergeant Rock in No One Comes Down Alive from Buzzard Bait Hill. Daybreak, and this loony soldier is going to lead the troops up the hill. No, now, it's Louis. Louis. What does Louis mean? L-O-O-I-E. Lieutenant. Louis. Lieutenant. Oh, he's a lieutenant. It's okay, thank you. But he's also a lunatic. Yeah. Also, this man is drawn... To look about 90 years old. He is drawn quite severely. But if you think about it, because we're going to learn more about what he's been experiencing since World War One. Yes. He hasn't slept much. So, so he, he was in World War One. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposing he went into the war at the very beginning of the war, 1915, he would have had to be, we'll say 17, 18. 17 or 18. he might have lied about his age. Mm-hmm. It's now... World War Two, nineteen, following the Americans' entry into the war, which so is forty-one. I'm forty-one, but I'm going to say forty-two. Let's say forty. Yeah, forty-two. So, at most, he's been holed up in this farmhouse for 
to carry the one, five, and four, 14 years, right? Which would make him, let's say he was 17, plus five, make him 34 years old. 30, Probably, no, sorry, no, yeah. sorry. 31, 31. Now, he was a lieutenant, so maybe he was older when he went into the war. But he wouldn't look this old. That's my point. He's no more than 50 years old if we're going to the... And we don't look that old. No. <laughs> I'm almost 50 myself. <laughs> of course, um, I do moisturize. Now... We do learn that he has not slept in those intervening years. <laughs> so maybe that's aged him. That's, that would do it. That would, madness would do that. <laughs> also, he looks like he weighs about 75 pounds. Yes, now, he looks we like know a former this, colleague of mine. Right, we know this woman can cook. Is yes. he not eating? Yes. Well, she's drawn, the, she's drawn rather gauntly, too. Well, yes, and I know it is wartime France, and they probably have to walk miles and miles. Well, to it's a farmhouse, too. You think he probably things. works. Well, I don't know. I the way I read it, he's been locked in the closet for all this time. She's trying to for hide 14 him. Fourteen years. Yes, because she's trying to hide him from the crowd. So he thinks the war is still going on. It's like one of those Japanese soldiers on the island. You that, know, I like this story. And when I you do start too. talking like that and start shooting holes, oh, in, now the in tables the have turned. Yes, I, I just, I, you know, I. This is one of those things that I would have mentioned. That, that, that does it make sense that this man would still be stuck in World War One in his mind for this story because a lot of years have passed yes. between the wars. Between the wars, and what's he done between the wars? And she tells him that he's been kept away, and she's been protecting him. But goodness gracious! And, 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 and clearly, he can walk. He's oh, not, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. been bed bound. You know. Now we get a flashback. Of the first time he charged this hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently there's a squadron of uh, Krauts up on top of the hill. And he and his men are going to take it. Suddenly on their right flank, uh, Pat Wilson. Oh, sorry. Pat Wilson hyphen Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I thought he was British. Because of all the hyphenated names. Where are you? I'm on page seven. Okay, I can't find Pat Wilson Nicholas. Uh, this panel right here. Where he I see, says, okay, thank Lieutenant you. I see, Pat I, Wilson yes. Nicholas stepped onto a booby trap. Huh. Uh, there's a big explosion because somebody stepped on a mine or something. Sure. That's got to be a real man's name. Oh, you think? Why would, why would any writer of this, uh, of this story hyphen a man's name like that? Um, so uh, the lieutenant orders them forward, 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 forward. The Krauts suddenly have sprung up some barbed wire, which they rigged to flip up, which I didn't know was a thing. I didn't either. They raise barbed wire in front of them. Uh, Lieutenant orders them to get their wire clippers out, but the Germans start firing their Tommy guns. Mm. As always in war, it's terrible to be downhill of the people that are armed uphill. The men try to retreat. But the lieutenant says, no, don't retreat. Forward, forward, forward. The Germans raise more barbed wire behind, behind them. them. So basically, essentially trap them into a zone, firing down upon them. Lieutenant says, if you want to live, the only chance is to take the hill. Mm-hmm. We've got to kill the enemy who's killing you. And the only way you can do that is by getting to the top. Let's go. But they don't make it to the top. No. The men are too scared. They fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. 
The lieutenant is knocked unconscious. Hit by something. Hit by something. Probably a bullet. And wakes up in the farmhouse with the lovely mademoiselle. Young mademoiselle, yes. Uh, She tells him to be quiet. He must rest if he wants to be well. Uh, She tells him that no one is left alive. All his men are dead. But the enemy let her bring him down. Yes. Come back to the future. The lieutenant thinks that these men are the replacements for his men. Easy company I'm talking about. Uh And that's why he's decided uh, to lead them up the hill the next day. And Sergeant Rock, realizing the nature of his mental illness, agrees to go along. The the lieutenant says, we're going to stay the night here and in the morning. Oh, first he makes them throw their weapons out the window. Oh, isn't that funny? I didn't notice that he actually had them break the window and throw the weapons through a broken window. Do you think the French woman would be like, you know, because the tensions uh, are high. He's got a gun. House. He's got a gun pulled on this, this company, easy company. And he's like, I want you, you know, place your, place your weapons outside the window. Crash. Two, one, two, they're throwing their window, weapons outside the window. They could have opened a window. Oh, I think the window was already broken if you look at the previous page. I think that's when he shot at Sergeant Rock. Oh, Must you're right. Okay, so they just took advantage of it. Yeah. Okay. So the guy goes outside to keep watch over the weapon. Sergeant Rock says to the woman, how come he wasn't picked up by the medics mm-hmm. 14 years ago? L'amour. Because of love, Monsieur. I fell in love with Johnny. I didn't want to lose him. I hid him. I hid, I hid, him. I hid, I hid him. him. I took care of him for all these years. For, he, for him, the war has stood still, and I have never grown old. Well, well have you looked in the mirror? Oh, You're drawn bird. much older than you were before. Uh, one of the soldiers says, Sarge... This guy is bound to fall asleep during the night. We can rush him. Oh, no, 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 monsieur. No, poor Johnny cannot sleep. He hears the cries of his dying men all the time. Yvette told us about the Louis' unending nightmare. Pat, Nicholas, Wilson, Meyer, blown to bits. My men, all my men. Oh, wait, he's not, he's not American Southern. He's... Whatever. Oh, now I just saw out a revelation. What? I'm showing, my, my privilege is showing. What? When he said Pat Wilson, Pat Nicholas, Wilson Nicholas, I assumed that was an upper crust hyphenated British name. That's three different people. Oh. Pat, Wilson, and Nicholas. Like Lady Coverington Smith haters. <laughs> <laughs> I think I better cut back on the costume dramas. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm sure the one listener that's listening to this let it go to. The men are watching. He looks like he's asleep. So they send Little Sure Shot, the Indian soldier, to sneak out because he's bound to be the quietest since he's a Native American. As we read, he's quiet as prairie grass, waving in the wind. Waving in the wind. <laughs> but suddenly the darkness is lit by an orange flare. The lieutenant has booby-trapped the door. Mm-hmm. He planted a flare pistol to fire at the door just to teach you a lesson. Not to harm you. It could have been a couple of grenades, and I'm warning you for the last time not to disobey my orders. Make that clear to the men, Sergeant. 
Oh, just before daybreak, the Louis allowed us to pick up our weapons, and under his Tommy gun, we moved out. Yes. Um, Take off- care of yourself, mon lieutenant. You are my life. Oh, that's sad. Listen. Don't worry about me, Yvette. I'll take this hill this time, and I'll be back for you. She looks so worried. Look how she's drawn. Yeah. She begs Sergeant Rock to just please do as Johnny says. Just walk up the hill, and maybe he'll be able to sleep once more. Wait, so he couldn't walk up that hill during peacetime? Well, he doesn't know it's peacetime, and he was waiting for the replacement platoon to get there. All those years? Yep. All those years. They're asking us to accept a lot. Oh, now who's a doubting Thomas? Mm. All right, I, I did. I did watch a lot of Scooby Doo as a kid. I can't let that go. Have I told my World War Two or World War One story? From when you podcast? fought in, in, in the big one? No, about the rat catcher cane. <gasps> oh, oh, rat killer. Sorry, the rat killer. I don't think you have told that. Story. <gasps> well, listener, my grandfather collected canes. And he had this one cane that uh, was just like like it had been snapped in half, but it was in his little cane holder mm-hmm. thing place. I don't know how I ended up with it, but it had a letter attached to it. And the letter was from the gentleman who had carried this cane in World War One, and wow. had given it to my grandfather. And it was all about how he and his men had been pinned down by fire and they were in the trenches and they had to eat rats and he used the cane to kill the rats so they could cook them over the fire. Mm. Do you still have that cane? I do not. I gave it to someone who collected World War One ephemera. That was very kind of you. Well, I didn't really have a use for it. No. I tried to track down the gentleman's descendants and mm-hmm. apparently he had no children. So. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but the cane is safe now. Okay. No longer killing rats. <laughs> So these easy company men, they're still determined that they're going to knock this guy out and be done with them. But Sergeant Rock says, men, you heard the lieutenant. He gave us an order. Shake the lead out and let's get to the top of the hill. (laughs) So up they go, up, up, up. Suddenly, they're being fired upon. Yes. What's strange, though, that they're as they're going up the hill, they come up with a litter of... (laughs) Equipment from World War One. Oh yeah, so the yeah, and it's like the there, guns and helmets daylight. and everything from the World War One troops who died, and presumably their skeletons as well, like because, shovels and helmets and machine guns. Yeah, still in the ground. I, 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 come on, guys. Because why would someone collect the bodies of the dead and leave all the weaponry? Exactly. So. Also, this is a farming community. Surely someone else has been up the hill in the past 14 years. You'd think so. Suddenly, the darkness is torn apart by a flare. There are Germans on the top of the hill. They've also sprung up barbed wire. Because it worked in World War One. Why not try it again? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the lieutenant calls for wire cutters, and Sergeant Rock uh, says there's no need for wire cutters. <laughs> I'm just going to have these big strapping men flop themselves down on top of the barbed wire. And we'll run over them. Yep. Yeah. I guess I, that's okay. I guess. And I also didn't know that that was a thing. But I'm trusting Robert Kaniger is putting authentic wartime information into here. Okay. So the lieutenant races straight toward the top of the hill. 
and gets uh, shot. Easy Company, led by Sergeant Rock, follows. Yep. They have to grab the lieutenant and carry him. And Sergeant Rock orders them to fix their bayonets onto their rifles to charge the Germans at the top of the hill. Which they don't need bayonets because they're just going to punch everyone. Exactly. It's and a great panel. They take, they, isn't it great? They, yes. They take the hill. They take the hill, but there's a casualty. Mm-hmm. The lieutenant gets to see them take the hill, and then he dies in the arms of Sergeant Rock. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking him back down the hill to his love, Yvette, they bury him right they there. They bury him right there at the top of the hill. And I wouldn't be surprised if they just march off into the sunset and don't even tell Yvette about it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even turn around and tell her. It's not that far for them to do that. I'm sure they tell her. Anyway, I mocked a lot in the second half of the story, but I love this issue. Me too. The only thing that would have been better if the lieutenant had been a ghost the whole time. <gasps> yes. That would have Then been it would be perfect. Yes. He leads them up there. They defeat the, they defeat the Germans and the ghost disappears. Yes. Yes. Uh, but we don't... Um, it's a different kind of story, though. They could have, it you know, is. They could have been trapped on the hill and the ghost could have come and helped them. Right? Yes. Help them through, find their way through the battle. Would have been a good opportunity for a haunted tank crossover. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, we're not really publishing ghost stories at this point in history. No. In DC Comics. We'll have to wait a few years Mm. until the 70s. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did you think? You liked this a lot, I really did. I did. Even though it made you sleep for three hours. The art is great. You'll find no complaint from me about Joe Kubert. Art. Well, to be true, I have some complaints about his sons, but I won't talk about that now. It uh, it wasn't this story that put me to sleep. I thought we were reading the whole. Oh comic. yeah, there's a second story in there about Vietnam, but yeah. since we're already doing Lieutenant Hunter, yeah, Vietnam stories, yeah. we won't dwell on that. Okay, so that's what put me to sleep. Yeah. All right. Uh, any final thoughts? I have had such a good time. Same. today with this thank you f- listener for listening you can find us on social media at google check pod you can find dr husband's podcast at liberally speaking and you can find us back here next week with the world's smallest superhero the atom the atom awesome bye, bye. It's time to give a love a chance.